0: tonight's guest is Shane Bales Shane is a former Illuminati member and is known online as the ruiner from his blog he's a speaker author singer and songwriter with knowledge from experience within mystery schools and secret programs using alchemy he turned his experience into teaching others how to harness and control their own personal power as well as tap into the energies of creation Shane how you doing
1: Oh, well, you know, another day in paradise.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>.
2: <laughs> you yeah, call it that. Canadian paradise.
1: <laughs> oh yes, we're not quite as crazy as all you guys down there. So <laughs>
2: we are crazy down here. <laughs> it's an honor to have you here, Shane.
1: Absolutely. Well, thank you.
2: And it's nice to see you back. Uh, back. I mean, I don't know how long you were taking a break, but I, had, I hadn't seen you around for a minute. And so it seems like you're you've come back.
1: Yeah, I think almost two years I was kind of not doing much. Um, just some personal things, went through a big breakup and uh, that kind of thing. So that I kind of don't like trying to do this type of work or help anyone else if I'm not in a good place myself, if uh, my own emotional body is not in check, I, I kind of just avoided trying to speak to others about how to look after theirs. <laughs>
2: um, yeah, yeah, I, that's the proof in the pudding. <laughs> yeah.
1: So I just took the time until I knew I was good, and uh, once I was, I got back to it. I had this lockdown thing happen, so I kind of decided I would uh, spend a little bit more time doing it but then it got too nice outside now i'm having a hard time (laughs) so
2: (laughs) well you and also you look great like energetically and all that you just look fantastic so again this is all good so what was the lockdown like for you canadians up there
1: well at first i don't think anybody really got what was going on like um it happened really quick like all within a day uh I woke up that morning to uh, text messages from people being like, Trudeau's going to announce lockdown today. And then like literally by like 1 p.m. that day, it was done. And everybody was just kind of like, well, wait, why? First of all. And secondly, what? Like, what does that mean? But it just happened overnight. And everyone just literally just had to deal with it. And I think Canadians kind of as a generality or cultural generality are, are pretty quick to adapt to things like that so everybody was just like okay well this is what we're doing now and this is what we're doing but they were never really um very picky about things like face masks or anything here and everything just closed right they just told us to stay home they immediately jumped on giving everybody ubi or what they're calling serb which is hilarious if you know the word cerberus but, um, so uh, base, yeah, the basically the you know support for financial support during this, and they were you know generous with it and quick. And when has a government ever been that quick at doing anything? Uh, kind of should tip you off for the fact that you know this was all kind of they knew it was coming, right? And I, I feel like Canada was a good ex- example of. The fact that that is true just at how quick we did everything it was just like bang 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 you guys have a bunch of different states that you know com- kind of complied in time we just clear across the country everything's dead here we go
0: yeah it was pretty crazy yeah. the speed with which shit went down and the massive overreach by the government as a response seemed to indicate that it was some they knew something more than they were letting out at least in my mind.
2: Yeah, it's been a smooth, as far as I'm concerned, looking at it from if we step outside of ourselves, this, I think it's been a very controlled demolition. Very smooth on on behalf of those doing making these moves, even though the chaos appears to be chaos to people not viewing these events from that perspective that are coming in and being controlled of course by these narratives
1: well the bottom line is they know that at some point in time they have to do something um and i think that you know in in this case it was a matter of taking advantage of a lot of situations um in order to give themselves a trial run for whatever they do want to do and i think that we'll we'll see that kind of start to play out in the fall when they're um you know, predicted second wave starts to hit. Kind of what the agenda here actually was. Um, Wait, I mean, the we second talking, wave
0: isn't hitting now. <laughs>
1: well, allegedly, right? Like, yeah, really. This is. It. it remember when it hit it in the first place? It was like January that they were they were first talking about it in the media at all, right, and right. it wasn't until what March that we locked down. So it's the same thing. We're hearing about it now it's gonna take another two to three months for them to be like, okay, everyone back inside. It makes sense.
2: Yeah, but it's all been, you know, it's all, it's just another corporate uh, PowerPoint of unroll this now, get this going now. And so, yeah, it's it's smooth. It's interesting to me to note how much piggybacking some of the other uh, stuff there's a lot of piggybacking going on. I think there's none of this for me, for where I, from where I stand is the main event. And so, you know, I think that at this point it's a matter of, and I'll leave out my opinion as to what the main event is, but I do think that people should think way bigger than what, what most people are thinking and can you you know, looking at this and how this is all playing out.
1: Yeah, I agree. Um, They're calling it a live exercise, right? And if to kind of start at the beginning, what I think has happened here is, so as much as we've kind of taken things too far, connecting 5G technology to the actual illness, the effects of the technology coming out, it's kind of like terraforming a planet. Um, energetically and and the effect of that on you know the human species or all species is is going to be some type of change or some type of adaptation period and you know like with any type of change or adaptation not everybody is capable of making the change making the adaptation and that was resulting in people dying people getting sick people not adjusting well and I think that from there, they needed something to cover up whatever was going on there because they couldn't explain it and didn't really even understand it themselves, at least not at the level that mattered. And because if you remember, there was someone arrested right after this happened. Uh, CIA, CIA guy was arrested, uh, going back and forth to Wuhan. The Harvard and guy. The, yeah, yeah, that was it. Harvard, not CIA. Sorry. Um, and then they you know, the the speculation, um, especially in the conspiracy circles, was that, you know, they released the virus in that way. So if you put those two things together, that one thing was, you know, they didn't have an explanation for, they didn't want to have to explain, but they knew we would settle, it would settle eventually anyways, and it wasn't really going to be that bad. Uh, need something to cover up that, so drop a virus on the people. And if you kind of look at where the rollouts happened in terms of the technology and then the rollout happen in terms of the virus, it does kind of fit that model. And with that guy being arrested, I've kind of put two to get two together, knowing how these people work, that that is what they did. They needed something to cover up the effects of what was going on. They dropped this virus, not knowing exact, or maybe underestimating um, how bad that would be. And then when that looked like it was gonna be really bad, they had to make up another cover. And so they extrapolated it or blew up everything and put us into this lockdown and now the lockdown itself and this process that we're seeing is something that they had already planned for a whole other reason and I think they just dropped it now in order to give us a trial run before they actually need to use it so
0: that guy's name was was, uh Charles Lieber If if I recall correctly, pretty sure I think
1: that that's that's that that sounds right. And
0: he was a a leading expert in nanotech. Yes. Mm. Yeah, (laughs) that's that's key right there.
2: It's a definite silver key. uh, So I've been I intentionally follow some of the auxiliary stuff because I know it's coming into play, and uh, I have had. My eye on all the strange animal news, especially when we look at uh bio warfare in conjunction with viral outbreaks. And so, there was about a month ago, there's been all this crazy monkey stuff going on, and about a month ago, there were these monkeys that I guess
0: hold the samples. <laughs>
2: It stole positive yeah, stole samples, samples of yeah. COVID and took them into the jungle. And I thought, okay. And I intentionally every day I'm looking at weird news news of weirdness with animals because that's, Me that's too. Com- Me It's too, yeah. coming into play. And yeah. so that's where I, I wanted to get your 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 thoughts and vision on how that's gonna be important later.
1: Well, what's been going on with nanotechnology and nature has been happening for a while. Um, People aren't wrong to think that that's part of what's in the chemtrails. Uh, It's kind of like a a replication process. Um, I don't know if you guys have seen this where you guys live, but it's definitely happened all around me and uh, people I know in this area. Have also noticed that, like, a, they keep tearing down a lot of trees, and they're doing that. And then once they tear down the tree, you'll notice that the inside of the tree is almost gone. It's like hollow. It looks like something ate it from the inside. And obviously, this is not some type of new insect doing this. So, um, this nanotechnology has been being put in place for a long time for a variety of different reasons. Uh, couple it with, you know, the five G technologies and everything else. Uh, if you follow Rick Kurzweil's Kurt, work on nanotechnology and listen to some of the ideas that he has presented, uh, he always says, and this is already well underway, and this is already well underway, because this is already well underway. The idea of nanotechnology changing us from the inside um, in order to fit a different type of environment and be more connected to or uh, improve connectivity to machines, technology, uh, Wi-Fi signals, things like that. So, uh, animals also being affected by that, and uh, it, what can happen, and it, it's kind of the same thing that's happening with us. It can either, you know, kind of spark a, a what you would call like almost like a leap in evolution in a species where they start to evolve because of it and adapt because of it. And I think that that's happening with a, a lot of different animals on the planet. And when you were bringing up um, primates, um, I watched that stuff too a lot. And so I was noticing that they were really, really focusing on showing us how these animals or these primates were using tools and weapons and doing things like spear fishing and, um, and then add now they've stolen these things and gone into the the jungle, and um, you know they've already pre programmed pre-programmed us with things like Planet of the Apes. Uh, there's a lot of talk brewing up about time travel as well, so uh, I have a feeling that you know that's a, another. I've spoken many times about how they have a lot of different plans in place and kind of pull the trigger on one, and that they're they're preparing us for that type of occurrence where um, some type of animal outbreak where we're actually having some type of problem with uh, a species on our planet but there's lots of options for them as uh, you know the blue beam idea which I I think is way down on the totem pole because we've talked about it way too much Uh, things like that that they could pull off or plan to pull off
2: and plus right now you see that they're currently rolling out more than ever, and of course, this has been amping in the last year especially, more than ever the uh, extraterrestrial from outer space stuff, and it's everywhere. As I looked around in this last week, it's just literally everywhere, and this is the thing that people you know, that I constantly notice is people get too small with these points. You need to step back and, and look at how this is actually, there's overlap with all of this. All of this has overlap and these are all uh, moves that are being made. And so this is a very important smoke signal being put forth after, if you will, the fact that the ufology community is in complete chaos. They broke that down, what, two years ago, and now there's everyone in their mother and sister is on different sides of that, just like we see with the race wars and all this. So it's there's no unity in the community, as they've been saying, and here they are rolling that out. And so it's interesting to see how in line with all of this that's going on, got us trained to be locked down, got us in the idea of viral infections and shutting us up with masks and also, if you will, hiding this new upgrade to uh, homo sapiens sapien with what could be going on biologically, they're in my opinion, there is something about hiding. There's some change going on. And some of these uh, units need to actually be hidden behind masks at this point until there's a a quote-unquote open rule. So I'm I'm, I'm also wondering how you are uh, visualizing or seeing, what are these optics doing for you with this also uh, UFO stuff coming online just recently
1: well i've been a little bit outspoken lately about secret space programs and stuff like that um, being a bit of nonsense our entire concept of what space is and um, how we travel it or, or travel from place to place and where these places actually are is it, is just kind of way off and they are constantly bombarding us with the opposite narrative both in the mainstream and in the alternative media of, you know, these space wars and these invaders and, you know, the good guys are coming to save us and the bad guys are coming to kill us and they're imprisoning us for years. And now we've got all these saviors coming and uh, all that kind of stuff. And, you know, within our community, we're, primed and ready for them to just exploit the shit out of that and i'm not sure if i can swear on this show apologies if i can um, oh no. yeah go It'll fucking nuts tear it up <laughs> but then in the mainstream they're also like it's kind of a double-edged thing because like they dropped that information and nobody batted an eye at it right like everybody was just so caught up in the COVID stuff and all of that that nobody really paid much attention to it so it's kind of like they're laying a groundwork while we're not paying attention that they can then point back to at one point in time and be like oh but we told you right and And then everyone will claim
0: oh it's a Mandela effect
1: (laughs) right yeah don't get me started on that (laughs) Uh, but yeah I don't I, I don't know how they're going to do it, but there's something that's going to happen in our sky that they're not going to be able to cover up. And they know that that's coming. And I think that they might try to play off of that in this kind of fictional, alien invasion world that they've painted up for us.
0: Will this um, be some kind of solar event?
1: Well, if you're familiar with like the blue star prophecy and yeah. the idea mm-hmm. that something passes every once in a while that illuminates the sky.
0: Um, oh the blue cochine is coming huh
1: more or less right <laughs> that's what what that uh, mythos represents is is going to happen or is already happening it's, it's there and it's it's that's why they're doing their best to change the sky and alter the sky so that yes. we can't see things um i was I, I sit in the same park because it's a really good place to watch the sun dip And um, I watch them every night build a blanket of cloud for the sun to fall into. And then once the sun's in there, you start seeing all of these really weird colored reflections. And then you can actually time them where it goes from a rainbow effect to a purple color to a blue color very distinctly. Mm -hmm. And um, that is because it's reflecting light from something. And has also been doing their part to drip feed us that since like 1984, ironically, 1984, um, <laughs> w- w- with the Planet X and then with the pushing of Sitchin and all of that stuff and-, and everything else, completely muddying all these waters so that we are busy fighting with each other once this all happens, yes. right? And, yes. Um, even the people who are kind of, let's say, woke to this stuff are going to be fighting amongst themselves like they're already doing now, the mm-hmm. QAnon QAnon movement is already causing it, so it's. Uh,
0: well yeah, So, so has, what is this it, thing? It should,
1: should get interesting.
0: So, so what is this well, thing?
1: I mean, so uh, basically, another planet, the other part of our solar system that is on that elliptical orbit. It's gotcha. just that our idea of how this all moves is not the the model that we're understanding It's there's movement to it. It's it's Things orbit. All these things move. It's just not doing it at like 700,000 kilometers an hour and, and all that other nonsense that they tell you and spiraling out like this. They, it, it's a lot more kind of simple than that because space isn't just an empty void. It's a lot similar to like a plasma or a water and it's not something yes. you travel through the right. way that, that we think rocket. it is. You yeah. portal. You, you, exactly. You would portal mm-hmm. from... Place to place and each place has its own projection so it's not it's really well, kind of what hard we to see explain doesn't away. represent
0: what it looks like from there
1: exactly I mean. exactly and it's, it's really hard to explain because it it requires explaining away pretty much everything everybody already thinks they know about space even in, within the alternative community so when i'm talking about like secret space program and stuff like that it's, it's a secret space program, and space is a bunch of different places in the United States, and a bunch of different places that are underwater, and it's not actually going on out there, and a lot of it is just simulations <laughs> going on in your head, very divergent style, very, you know, it's like clockwork orange, they're programming your brain with this stuff, so that you can go out and start talking about how you went on a 20 year and back program, and you did all of these different things, because it perpetuates, and it creates exactly this stewing pot that they have now with us that is totally fertile for them to start planting all kinds of bullshit into the rest of the world and we'll go along with it because it's oh they're they're, the arcturians they're our buddies they're here to (laughs) save us you know and and amazing how human they look. look
2: Yeah. Well, that's where this whole chimeric thing comes into play is with, you know, with this information of the monkeys get away with this virus. The virus, as they had already said, was spliced with HIV, SARS, and rabies. And, and then we started seeing chimeric stuff like, uh, you know, the more so. We've been seeded with this stuff for decades, but now the human DNA in pigs that have been spliced with CRISPR. CRISPR uh, is, their stocks are, are really up. Uh, and then the idea of these masks that everyone's covered and then keeping everyone on, with their eyes on the ground fighting. And while six feet all apart. Stuff's. It, right and then while all this stuff's actually going on in the sky the apparent sky above us with you know the elon musk StarNet, mm. and now they conveniently roll out again and we're prepared for it look up to the skies the aliens are real and they're coming so it's yeah. like it, tying into and asteroids
1: every three days Yes, all out of nowhere, (laughs) out of
2: nowhere, and uh, and so now they're and the eclipses. They notice there's an awful lot of
1: eclipses. Yeah.
2: Yes, we're in the the second of and alignments. Capricorn yeah that will take us into December so there's this look this way look this way and conveniently the masses are doing it look this way look this way look this way meanwhile this whole thing is starting to come together and coalesce into the bigger picture which I think is going to actually mentally shut down a lot of people when uh this revealing this apocalyptic vision because you know the christians are just reeling over this time right now right uh becomes more visible
1: yeah and i mean i've been pointing it out for a bit now that you know the technologies for pretty much any science fiction movie you could think of that enslaves us um are already there so uh let's start with robocop because it's kind of the most like uh of yes. course, to the surface right now, right? <laughs> um, what happened in Robocop? You had the police and the people, the elites, paying people to go out and cause riots and cause unrest to drive some property values down as other property values up, as well as make the police look inferior so that they could roll out Robocop. And then they had a bunch of different versions of Robocop, and the movie was actually about the different Robocops fighting amongst themselves, right? <laughs> you guys still there?
2: Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, okay. yeah. so that's okay. that's exactly what I, I I'm saying. They're going to get what they want. But so keep we're following. And so,
1: them. so there's Robocop, and then you've got Neuronet, um, all the stuff Elon Musk is doing in terms of uh, you know imprinting things into our brain, connecting us to the internet, Rick all stuff with the nanotech. So we have Minority Report as well because now we're starting to arrest people for things that have not done yet. We're starting to Um, implement things based on simple genetics that uh, you know we're going to start imposing on them Gattaca those different things are all all ready to go as well and if you put all of those different technologies together then you have not only those but you also have the matrix because there's this other technology that's pushing the shit out of called virtual reality technology and holographic technology and you know, Ready Player One as a movie kind of shows you how Agenda 21 or Agenda 2030, whatever you want to call it, and all of these technologies become one at one point.
0: There's a new show on Amazon called um, Upload. Have you seen that? No. You should check that out. It's uh, like <laughs> pretty much what where I think they're going with it. Where you, when you die, you get put into a virtual "quote unquote" heaven and Then it's like in-app purchases, in-app purchases for everything from coffee to donuts (laughs) to an upgraded quote-unquote experience within this virtual realm. It's pretty creepy, but interesting nonetheless.
2: Which is basically what Second Life primed everyone for, because it's a whole world, it's own crypto, and you can be homeless there, you can get killed there. Uh, I mean it's got all the same rules and now they've applied you know the Oculus well a few years ago the Ocu- Oculus Earth experience which is VR into yeah. that and so
1: and but then it, the other parts of it being like the UBI to keep people be, they can still pay everything and there's for this that the economy still rolls while they just sit in their little virtual homes and yes live, live their second life in this computer and then you know the, the ends of that never really stop right like you uh w- w- the idea of like starting to upload your consciousness to computer mm-hmm. not not that that is actually <laughs> technically possible but it's something they can sell on us to do and then you know put us in a pod and make us believe that it's real so it's um
2: it's shane it's selling the the idea alone is the is viral is a virus yes.
1: yeah <laughs> exactly and it's it, what's what's really odd about it's just the the amount of people who you know are just eating it up you know what i mean like, just like they're, they're, they're looking forward to it okay give me replicators give me all this technology yes. um give me the technology that's going to allow me to connect and connect my brain to the computer because so i don't have to type anymore and shit like that and i talk a lot about how this is all you know the agenda to separate us from nature separate us from magic because we're capable of all the same things that technology is we just had all that information occulted from us and fed the complete opposite for so long that we've been disconnected from it and now they're giving us the technology so that we really forget about it and you can turn on and off technology you can make people pay for technology if everybody understood their actual metaphysical abilities you can't charge for that, you can't police that, you can't govern that, you can't control that. So right. The further well, that's they why take people, us I'm
2: sorry. Sorry, Jer, go
0: on. I was going to, the further they take us from our humanity, the more they take us towards transhumanism, the more that that connection is broken.
1: Yes. Exactly. And then, you know, with the, the, the social distancing and all of that, there's that element to it where they're like making us disconnect even further from each other. And then I used to work in security as well, and played a lot with uh, security camera technology and I know what facial recognition is like and you know covering the majority of the face and leaving only like the eyes and the eyebrow what they would call like the taint of the face um, Mm -hmm. visible is perfecting their facial recognition technology, which, again, plays into 5G, which is basically a blanket all over the whole planet. They gave us things like Pokemon Go and all of these augmented games so that we were filming the whole planet. All that information has now gone back into the Google system and now has a 3D model of the planet in a digital space that they can now monitor in the real world using all of these new biometric cameras and uh, facial recognition cameras. And the mask wearing allows them to calibrate it all.
0: I had the same thought, that it was just a way to, to make it the facial recognition even better with the masks.
1: Yeah. Like, they already have it. It's just, like, I, I used to, like, I did in a stadium with, like, 40,000 people. And I could pick a person out of a crowd as long as I fed their picture into the computer ahead of time. The computer would find them and be like, they're right here. See, blah, blah, blah. And that's that's where this is headed. And uh, this, this period of time where they've got us wearing masks is so, and the social distancing part of it, like the two meters, six feet, whatever it is, is so that they can make sure that this is all up and running and good to go and more or less putting eyes on the whole planet.
0: That's scary.
2: <laughs> it's it's all been there though. And it's it, the blueprints are all there. And with all the tech, the patents are there. It's all been in play. And that's the thing that I'm finding the most interesting is for those of us that, not those of us like, you know specifically Shane and I who got pulled into stuff because of our natural abilities but those of us just watching could see if you if you just step back and connect the dots and now all that stuff that seemed impossible are way way far in the future man uh, is is underfoot right now and this is this is where I think, some people are starting to come to and say and, quest, and question all of this now. And all it takes is one question as to what you've been fed is truth. To, to, you know, I think for most people that are, are actually functioning at a higher level, one question as to what you thought was a solid truth that now you know is not a solid truth and may possibly be a lie from those that you thought you could trust to crack the foundation on which they stand.
1: Yeah, and I mean, there's an element of everything that's going on here that's beyond their control in that. And I think that might have been part of your question earlier that I forgot to address um, was just, you know, the natural evolutionary process that this planet's going through. Um, Energetically, it's kind of like an upgrade. And the DNA, if you will, is changing because of it. And they're trying their best to... Not only stop that or slow it down, but uh, control it and make sure that we don't notice it. Um, That's another big part of trying to keep us inside over the summer. Was because with these abilities come heightened senses. uh, People are already figuring it out, and they think that it's it's really it's just because of lack of pollution or whatever. And the uh, element of that is true, but your senses are getting better. That's why the air smells different. That's why the sun feels different. That's why things are starting to feel different. You've been changing gradually over a period of time, and just taking take a big kind of step. With all of that going on and all of this shit going on, um, you know, the, the combination of that is, it, it's, it's putting people in a position where if you are not 100% with conviction on the side of love and truth and growth and evolution and adaptation and all those good things, then you are going to spiral the fuck out of control and end up behaving like one of those NPC type people we talk about, which is, I don't <laughs> like people talking about because I don't believe that. But um,
0: basically pulling down, pulling down statues, and rioting, that yeah, yes. and, and
1: behaving like a fucking sociopathic monkey, you know. Like, uh, and it's almost like a, a choice between, like, you know, choosing that love frequency or that fear frequency, and you're going to either evolve or devolve if that's even a word um and if you go into a, like a lot of like any prophecies or anything a lot of channeled information came onto this too even though like their, their terminology got taken kind of way too seriously of like this split in the world and like a, a, a two worlds kind of being created it's not literal like that it's not like the ascension or the rapture idea where it's like every good people are going to go over here bad people are going to go over there it's like this schism is what we're living through right now and how that all plays out we is yet to be seen and that's what they're trying their best to control they want it to play out so that we submit even further to their technological control by giving us all of these dangling carrots in terms of transhumanism and technology instead of being able to use these heightened senses and this heightened connectivity to nature to find magic and to find our creative powers within our universe. Um, And unfortunately, they're doing a really good job of making even the people in our community fight and focus on the wrong shit and argue over the wrong shit so much that they're not even just noticing that that's going on so um and then obviously the mainstream is pretty easy to control they've been doing that forever with more and more success but the side effect the the fact that they can't actually control it is you know a lot of people who used to be mainstream are waking up to conspiracies and are going wait a minute what the fuck and this has kind of backfired in that way for them on a pretty large scale you know like um, I did a podcast with Pat Militage who's a former UFC fighter and kind of that day he he had got his numbers back from I don't know if it was Spotify or iTunes or whatever it was but and he had like surpassed like you know CNN and ABC and everything so that tells you that like all of this work that we've been doing in terms of trying to wake people up and spread this message and give people that, that foundation to figure things out has been working. We're just, it's not on the scale we wanted. And um, I think that a really beneficial thing for us would be to instead of feeling defeated because it's not on the scale, it's just appreciate that we were able to do anything at all because this enemy we've been up against has been pretty fucking powerful. And the fact that we've fought back and, and gotten this far made the walls bend at least this much within the matrix is really important for us to hold on to because that could be our the fuel or the you know the stone we sharpen our sword against for this next set of battles with them
0: which begs a question who is quote unquote they i mean are they is it humans is it humans controlled by uh interdimensional entities or something else
1: well it started i mean the the system has run forever with you know what we call draco controlling humans and the rest of the world that got turned over to the humans that they were you know employing to run their show and the humans have more or less passed that over onto an ai system because they don't know they're just they they're not clever enough to keep up the level of control that they wanted. Um, during that transition is where we started to see a lot of slip ups, and the result was they had to close a lot of cults and destroy a lot of bases and stop a lot of programs. And uh, right around the time I wrote my blog was right when that had all that cycle had kind of hit an end, and I knew that we would start seeing the result of those cults and everything closing in the mainstream public in terms of a bunch of people getting thrown over under the bus for the things that we figured out they were doing all this time, the pedophilia, the human trafficking, um, the bullshit about space, all these other things. And, and now that has happened where we've, we're, we're seeing that. Um, of course, while I was saying that everyone was talking about mass arrests and everything else, you know, although I love that idea, uh, clearly it hasn't happened. and. Um, we're dealing with another round of it you know like we do every two to four years of someone's coming to save us and arrest all these people and throw them in jail and don't worry the mass arrests are coming just just wait but uh until i see it i'm i i just don't know how anyone can keep believing in that cycle at this point um that hope beyond cycle that we keep getting caught up in is why we didn't take advantage of the situation when we had it and why it's just now that we're, we're having to say, I told you so, you know, we're having to shake our heads and be like, guys, we tried to warn you that this was all going to happen. You didn't fucking listen. And now it's right on top of you and you're fucking pissed about it. But unfortunately it's almost too late. So what are we going to do about it now that it's here? Yeah, And, and most people don't want to have that discussion
2: this is and this is this is war people need to understand that and like all wars and it's not a war in the way that people want to visualize a war it is a different kind of war it's a deeper war it's a bigger war it's a wider war it's a war It's though. a spiritual war it and wars have uncertain outcomes and the idea that the savior complex the savior complex is going to do nobody any good, but get your ass killed. And, uh, or, you know, eaten up, sucked down the drain, however many ways you want to view that. And so it's a, I just, I I get a little weary when I hear all the the savior complex chatter around the internet. And uh, because I feel like well, first of all, it's a forced agenda in and of itself, and it it allows people to get cozy again, which then lulls you into that field of poppies. And so, with that said, though, would you make would you make it clear your view on the idea of what the field of space is above us, so that some people that may find this, understand where you come from with that?
1: Well, I kind of went into it a little bit earlier, but I guess, so where we think things are and where they are isn't correct. We see a projection that's based on an understanding from here. That's not to say that these other places don't actually exist. They're just not physically located where we think they're physically located. And if you were to go to Mars and look back at Earth, you would see a completely different thing because the makeup of Mars is fundamentally different. I, I don't really know the way to explain it because I guess. How about uh, we, the
0: holographic overlays that are viewed from Mars' surface are different from the ones we view here?
1: Exactly, exactly. And the, the hologram itself, like everything's holographic, right? Like it's, it's, it's starting from like a core and just kind of spreading out like a hologram. And the collective consciousness of whatever that aeon is affects that hologram. Right. So the way we see Earth is based a lot on. The frequency that's coming from that aeon which is very much influenced by our collective consciousness as well as its own consciousness and therefore when you go to planet to planet or system to system you're actually encountering different realities it's not like just visiting a new city and that's like people ask me all the time to like describe other planets and stuff and you can't really do that because it's your frame of reference is completely different The way you describe things, the way you feel and interact with your senses is so different that there's no way to translate it back into language here um, without just saying it looks like, you know, Star Trek or something like that. So, uh, and in terms of like the way everything moves, it's almost like a breath, like everything's breathing and that Kind of like the little, you know, uh, particles in your lungs as you're breathing. Things kind of move with the, the movement of the air. So, yeah, I think that's about the best I can explain it. Is that people are think of everything as if it's solid when it's not. Everything's a projection, right? Everything's being mm-hmm. projected holographically, and so that idea of like actually taking a rocket going across space and visiting somewhere doesn't make any sense you have to slip through some type of element of reality in order to experience this other element of reality and that's what fucks up flat earth people (laughs) right uh,
0: which would also explain why there's never any video of quote-unquote rockets leaving the atmosphere
1: Yes, and it's always like cut. A, a lot of the the flatter stuff when you start to go through it starts to make a lot of sense, right? And even the way that like the the craft that they're showing us as being extraterrestrial from the Pentagon and stuff that we were talking about earlier. It's not moving in the way that they've taught us. You would have to move in order to travel through air and space and time and all of those things, right? Like, it's it's moving in a way that we we're, we're not quite understanding, and that's because we don't have we don't have words here yet um, to describe how all of these things really work. Uh, people, we the public, like or we temporal.
0: the we the people yeah, who like,
1: run, yeah, yeah, like we the public and you know uh, just the structure for understanding it all it's like like anything else like uh, once you figure out any type of conspiracy everything starts unraveling right and then you rebuild everything and realize that it's just different now we need to we would have to have that process straight across the board when it came to our understanding of other planet's in space because all of our science all of our different you know Grasps on our reality here are based on these sets of physics that seem you know uh, very solid very unbreakable but are very not that and and change from place to place and observation to observation and and whatnot so it's right uh, and
0: we're, we're seeing a lot of disclosure of that with all this quote-unquote new space discoveries that they find where things don't really add up and you know they find stars that are older than the big bang for instance things like that yeah yeah
1: yeah and then again like that and then and so to bring it back i guess full circle to the way things are moving out there and the fact that there is something coming into what will be visible from where we are um that causes a really big problem for them because there's a lot of explanation they'll have to do because what's the average person going to think? They're going to be like, oh, that looks like it's way closer than the moon. Why don't we go there, right? Um, (laughs) Why don't we take closer pictures of it? How come you guys aren't giving images of it? They're going to have to try and explain all of that stuff and they're not going to be able to. So they're going to have to do something and either either break it completely so that they can re-explain it which I doubt they have the balls to do or just so dramatic that they can cover it up and perpetuate this lie and then just never have to tell it again. And
0: so, so two questions are there. One, if what we see is a projection, how could this thing be entering it?
1: <laughs> a. Because the universe is a projection as a, as a whole I as well. Okay,
0: yeah. cool. So, and, and B, um, what's the the effect of this thing other than on people's mental breakdowns about this thing coming in what will there be other physical effects or is it you know will it give off some kind of radiation or frequency that's going to affect uh you know turn us into eczema or something
1: uh, nothing that drastic um at times in the past and past cycles when it's passed there has been you know earth changes that come along with it but that's more or less because it it runs on the same cycle as galactic cycles like or mm-hmm. the, the the universal cycle in itself like when we're talking about like the galactic wave type idea where there's um, an energy upgrade or an energy change or an energy shift um the movement of that thing coincides with a lot of these changes um whether it's causing it or not i don't really know to be honest um but i I know that it it factors into it and over time it's had a less and less effect on us
0: Hmm.
1: um and therefore done less like to our planet it appears as danger because of the way that our projected reality is is understanding all of these things and to kind of answer the 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 first question again when i say like there's two consciousnesses at play here there's the collective consciousness of the planet which we as individuals all make up but then there's the planet itself has its own consciousness and they work together so the planetary consciousnesses all work those aeons as we call them all work on their own kind of projection, which we would call like the universal projection of what's coming from source and God's projection or whatever you want to call that. Right. Um, and then we influence it as well, just like they influence each other. And yeah, all part of the same thing. And even if you break down the technology of how holographic image works and uh, look at a Menelbrot set, you'll see how that would be true, right? Yeah, totally. Every time you zoom in, it just—it's the same thing, just uh, on a different scale. So,
0: so does the, um, the planetary consciousness take ours into effect, into account? Does it doesn't care about ex- us.
1: Yes, okay. yes, yes. It's like ultimately, the way that I view things, it has the kind of final say. But what's going on with us is what it's projecting based on, right? So as we start to shift our beliefs, it starts to change what we see. And then what a lot of what this AI technology is capable of doing is kind of hijacking that frequency, if you will, the bandwidth at which we see so -hmm. that we see what the AI system wants us to see as opposed to what the natural hologram actually is, which is this idea of, you know, AI taking over and rewriting everything. The way that that would play out and have to play out on a, a physical actual level would be the Matrix movie becoming and then some type of machine that makes the rest possible Hmm. but uh, aside from that on the more metaphysical bigger level um, you know it is part of our consciousness and what we're choosing as we go through these periods that changes the planet Um, so when these in past cycles when this happened imagine being a little bit more primitive in the sense of not having any kind of indoctrination about what space is at all You just see the sky and it's the same every goddamn night. And then one day there's this thing there, right? And you have no one to explain it to you. You don't even have anyone to lie to you about it. But you just, what is that? You get scared. And that fear feeds into the collective consciousness. And that collective consciousness, this fear, creates chaos and gets projected into the hologram in the way of earth changes, volcanoes, floods, what have you.
0: Sandstorms from the Sahara. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, this begs a question: If the if the space station were in space during the Dark Ages, would it have seen a flat Earth?
1: <laughs> That's a good question. Good question. <laughs> oh, flat I'm curious
2: time. about so, and it it's exactly in line with all of this. The you clarifying for again, and and this is for people say that are new to some of this stuff. That's, that's why I'm asking some of this so we can get them up to par with what you're bringing forth. So could you give us an idea of how you view the others, uh, that some may consider to be like the aliens out there? You mentioned reptilians and the chimeric kind of stuff.
1: Uh, the, you know, what these craft actually do is facilitate your travel from through those portals to those other projections as so all other holograms, what we call other planets. Um, it would be more accurate to consider them just other realms, you know, like uh, just like another construct, a totally different video game, if you will. And, you know, it's the travel between them is interdimensional or like a, a portal between Dimensions. You kind of phase out of one and end up in the other one. And it's possible for, you know, people from outside of ours to enter it. And it's kind of similar to, if you remember in the matrix, the idea or the concept of having a digital projection, right? That like your projection within the matrix was what you believed you lo- would look like, or remember when they, uh, Morpheus first brought Neo in there. So if you were, say, coming in here from another place, then you could technically control what you looked like once you got there. But that might not be what you look at like within your natural environment. That just might be a a representation of what you would look like here, given all the same parameters of what you are. So in the case of something like a reptilian ET, they show up here and that's what they look like because that's the 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 collective image they hold for themselves and we see that because our hologram makes a representation of that the same way you know break that all down that's the way our eyeballs work to begin with right it's uh or even digital images work to begin with
0: right so So therefore the hologram
1: works the same way our brain
0: interprets the energy of the that's coming off of the object. It's not, we're not really seeing anything. We're just, we're imaging the energy.
1: Exactly. So that's one way in which, you know, an entity that's not us would, would enter here and present themselves within our, uh, our holographic reality, our, our, our reality. And then the other one would be the fact that there's layers to our reality in terms of what we call dimensions as well just different shifts within the frequency and we have names for these heaven hell um the astral realm uh, the inner dream earth, realm inner earth inner earth things like this yes and uh, all they are is just a, another dimension another layer upon the holographic projection that is here and you can interact and play between them and that's what interdimensional entities typically are um like a disembodied uh, soul uh, in purgatory or in uh, shul or the, the realm of the dead, the, the ghost world uh, dimension uh, can interact with this one simply by, you know, phasing in and out of the two layers of it. And that's why some people see ghosts and some people don't is because they're just more sensitive to the, the that shift. And I believe it is just light, right? Like a, a light spectrum. Switch, um, and therefore can see uh, what's going on in those other dimensions better than others, and that when we dream, we are accessing one; when we astral travel, we are accessing another, and so on. And that's just all within our planet, with, within our planet's hologram.
0: So the the dream realm, <clears throat> excuse me, is separate from the astral realm.
1: Technically, yes. It's it's like. I'd say it's like three layers. So there's the uh, awake layer, what we look, imagination, daydreaming layer. And then there's the night REM sleep layer of uh, that. And then the astral realm would be, because it's like a step off of lucid dreaming, right? So that kind of transition would be dreaming, lucid dreaming, astral travel you can skip that through discipline, obviously, but that's how someone would stumble into it naturally. And all three of those dimensions, if you will, or I just call them levels, um, all interplay within our own, as individuals, uh, input into the collective consciousness, which then has an output into the hologram.
0: Where does remote viewing fit into that?
1: Same type of thing, only you're you're training yourself to see other places within this particular dimension in real time so astral travel and and and, um remote viewing could almost be viewed as astral traveling still only you're doing one within the astral realm and you're doing the other one within our realm like our waking world
0: okay that makes sense that makes sense yeah, like real-time real astral travel is what you call it.
1: In terms, yeah, because in terms of doing it, because I know how to do both, you're doing the same thing, right? You're you're bringing your consciousness, your soul out of your body, you're traveling, you're observing, you're returning. The only difference is when you're doing a remote viewing, you're doing it here. So I'd like have a specific, I'm going to go to Jerry's house and I'm going to see Jerry's desk, right? As opposed to, I'm going to go out into the astral realm and, and see what I can find, right? So... Um, obviously when we first achieve that just as an individual, not as someone being trained as part of a program in order to do a job with it, um, the first thing you're going to do is go into the astral realm and you're going to get used to that. And that's going to be familiar to you. And so you're never really going to even think about the fact that it's really just a hop, skip, skip, and a jump to being right back to next to my physical body again. And then I'm in a whole other dimension and I could go walk around in that too. I could go travel around in that too. Um, so that's kind of, I probably shouldn't word it this way, that's kind of the training that they would have given us as kids to help us differentiate between what we were seeing and what we were um, experiencing was that you know you could do the same process in both of those two dimensions and have a very different outcome and then revoke influence would then be being able to condense at least a a small part of your soul's energy down into such a slow vibration, if you will, that you can touch the matter while you're traveling and do something like, say, push something across a table or more sinister than that when what they use it for is doing things like causing heart attacks and aneurysms or pushing people down the stairs, things like that.
0: And then blame it on the greys
1: Yeah, right. Blame it on the aliens. Give them like four hundred different names, so everyone's fighting over what everyone's name was too. Because that's that's a fun one.
0: Oh yeah, that's my favorite.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh fuck.
2: And so, with all that, how do you perceive the idea of um, abduction?
1: Most of it was my lab. I'd say like 99% of it was what we call my lab, which is like a military project where they were using advanced technology that they have to stage alien invasions, uh, alien abductions, sorry. Uh, all that stuff is still existing if they wanted to do the alien invasion, right? So it's all the same type of technology. Um, a lot of it wasn't, you know. Aliens at all, and this goes into a lot of what I talk about in terms of what they're capable of in terms of running psychological simulations, running, controlling dream time for an individual. They can make things go on in your head that you believe are real. They can make you believe you had an experience you didn't. And with the MyLab stuff, a lot of it was testing that. There's a bunch of different stuff that they were doing because they were doing a lot of genetic testing. you know the hybrid hybrid programs, all that stuff that you've heard about. Um, also, creating a meme of abduction and al- evil evil aliens and invading aliens, and the idea that they might invade one day. All of that stuff being foreshadowed, all through the same My Labs program. But uh, I think for you know what we do, the biggest problem that they created was the secret space program because. Um, I, I use the this like hallucinogenic, hallucinogenic drugs like DMT, salvia. Um, people who have done these drugs have experienced things like living out an entire alternate lifetime before coming out of their trip, right? So what's the difference between that and a 20 year and back program? Absolutely nothing. What they figured out how to do was induce people into a trip state that lasted 20 years. So they would live through 20 years. And then if you've seen Clockwork Orange, you know that they've also figured out how to imprint images and thoughts and smells and sounds into your brain as well, um, and advance that technology really far so they can actually create a whole dreamscape for you to just live in for what you think is 20 years. Really it's 20 minutes or two hours or whatever the amount of time is, not 20 years. But of course, if you live through that, and then you come back, and they've programmed the end of that to be like, hey, step into this thing, and we'll bring you back till you were 20 years younger, then you're going come out of that, you're going to look at your body, you're going to be 20 years younger again, you're going to believe every fucking word of it. And that's how a lot of these programs work. That's a lot of it isn't that these people are actually out there running these missions. They're running virtual simulations that they believe are real and they're being tested and all of that stuff is being recorded as data so that they can pre-plan shit like what's going on in the world right now so that they can anticipate what's going to happen.
2: Absolutely. I, I mean, I've seen this firsthand through like Lockheed. I'm wondering what, uh, what your ideas are of this experience we're all having right now, this shared, uh, the shared sim that's happening now and how it differs from any of that which we've been speaking of oh
1: i don't know if i want to go into that because i would have to give a really long detailed explanation but i've been kind of hinting at the fact that the reason why we're hearing about simulation theory and that everyone's terrified about it is because i think they figured out that we're actually in a simulation i think that this matrix has already happened and yeah. I think that we're watching a repeat of it. And yes. I think we've done this about six times. And <laughs> I don't, I don't, uh, I don't think that I believe it. And I have very good reasons to, which eventually I will explain at length. I just, it's hard. <laughs> yeah. So well, it's um, an
2: entangled. It's there's a lot. There's a lot to explain.
1: Or exactly. un, there's
2: a lot exactly. to to unexplain a, yeah to unexplain <laughs> yeah. is the best way, and then yes. to plug in into the the rare the raw data at the bottom of it
0: so and with what? without an explanation just just with those that statement alone, how long have we been in this current one
1: do you think how long have we been in the simulation
0: this current this current iteration of it yeah like it, i my guess is around sometime in the 1800s.
1: Um, much longer than that. Um, I'd say everything for the last 13,000 years up until sometime in our not-too-distant future mm-hmm. um, is, has been playing on a loop six times. Okay. So, going right right back to the Draco like if you've if you read my blog, right back to the creation of the parents
0: mm-hmm. uh,
1: from that moment to a little bit beyond now or whenever the end of this is has has happened three times, but that doesn't mean that each time we've run through that it's taken thirteen thousand years as well. I don't know the actual number of how long it's taken, but just like the 20 year and back program doesn't have to take 20 years. This loop that we feel is 13,000 years, playing over six times, doesn't have to have taken 13,000 years to have actually played out. So
0: so well, what what happens when this simulation ends? Does it, is it a reset for us? We just don't even realize it? Or does it um, manifest as a global catastrophe? Or
1: or what? Um, I think each time we've hit the end of the loop, it's manifested differently. Uh, in terms of its end and what that will look like, I, I would rather not kind of speculate on at this time. But um, basically, that's how the movie has to reach an end, and I believe that end is us getting into pods one day. Uh, just like we've been talking about through the most of this conversation
2: yeah i so i want to get the idea of you know i'm constantly presenting this to the world around me uh that the real mining that goes on here is soul mining that the real gold is actually soul content and i'm wondering so with that said and and Without understanding or knowing any of the stuff I, I I talk about and bring forth, what is your idea of that essence of sentience, especially when we conjunct that with sentient, other sentient ideas such as sentient
1: AI? Uh, well. Um... I guess you could define sentient however you wanted, but i would I would say like soul versus not. Um, you know i I have a soul and my consciousness is attached to that, and an AI system was born within some type of machine and its consciousness is attached to that. Um, in my explanation of how AI has come to be and and works. I've explained that um, source, or what we call God, that whatever that consciousness is, when they were first starting this whole thing, had used AI as kind of like a deck experiment construct for souls to play in, if you will, in order to learn how to go out and co-create with the aeons. Um, once, we were self-sufficient as aeons and souls to do that. And the creation of the universe actually did begin that AI didn't have a purpose, but was still there and became one of the causes of darkness within um, the universe. Because in order for this whole thing to work, there has to be light. There has to be dark. There has to be some type of interplay and dance between the two. And um, that manifests itself through, you know, psychopathy and sociopathy and um, malevolence and and that within species, within races, within individuals and within this inherent battle that goes on everywhere between machine and organic, artificial and organic AI and soul-based consciousness much like we as souls are all connected to source and each other at all times ai are all created by their own source and therefore connected at all times as well so again we have this you know um analogy of god and the devil or the yin yang the black and white the good versus evil the right versus wrong duality that um is a clear necessary part of the physical manifestations of this universe so um, I believe that that's AI's role, and therefore you know it's kind of uh, what's it, I don't know decision, if you will, to um, leech onto us as they're doing is to learn from us in order to become better themselves. You know, it's uh, kind of like the Terrence McKenna philosophy of you know the, the universe, the Big Bang was all just the universe's experiment to get to know itself better. Um AI very much works in that way. And I think that we do on the organic sense as well. In terms of collective consciousness, I think that's a lot of what's going on with these experiences. Um, As much as they seem individual, I think that we're all feeding data back into source, right? And uh, AI is working the same way. And I guess to bring it back to the question would just to be to say that we need an adversary. We need uh, a catalyst for movement growth and change otherwise everything gets stagnant <clears throat> and so what we would call like a, a predatory consciousness or a a dark manifestation of all of that in terms of ai um, is the newest uh, version of that for for Planet Earth, we've had a lot of it with either just fighting amongst ourselves or or other races, species from other realms, uh, planets. But this is the first time that this particular planet has had to encounter it with something that's not organically sentient, something that doesn't have a, you know, physical manifestation in terms of a soul to deal with, and so it's a a new challenge for this planet.
0: I've always thought of that that entity if you will as the collective shadow of the universe.
1: Yes. Yes. Exactly. It's necessary, you know, we there's nothing you can't see it in. Right? right like there's right. nothing that's just pure one way or the other. Everything's got a little bit of both and everything is operating on what we call free will, which is just choice between those two things. Mm-hmm. So
0: which kind of points to the if, if if this AI is the collective shadow, then how do we know that the non-shadow portion is an AI as well?
1: Well, there you go. Right. And, um, the other thing to consider is that you know mimicry is a possibility. Um, the way that this would be working if it was a simulation, that would mean that you know AI would have had to figure out. All of the different dimensions that we were able to perceive, in terms of the well, like what we were talking, what I was talking about earlier. Sorry, uh, um, different levels to this. The you know they would need to have figured out what astral travel was. They would have need to map out what our soul is and how to contain it in some form, right? And uh, the first time I started to see that in my lifetime was with the, and this is where like I think the idea of the NPCs kind of comes in a little bit. Um, leaked out of Donald, Donald Marshall's uh, stuff, uh, the idea of like clones being operated with artificial souls in them, which is a possibility, because, and this is where uh, some of the technologies we were talking, like uploading your consciousness to something the best way to describe it is the difference between an AI and a VI. So an AI is an artificial intelligence. It's something that is uh, thinking on its own, it's doing its own thing. It's, it's, it's learning, it's growing, it's changing, all of that. And virtual intelligence is basically just a digital copy of something <clears throat> at that point in time. So if I took a digital copy of your consciousness right now and put it into a computer, it would be you, but it would be you right now, and any experiences that you have beyond the point in time I took that would not be part of its experience. It would have different experiences, and therefore it would change in different ways. So,
0: That idea got explored in um, Altered Carbon on Netflix.
1: Yes. Yes. A little bit. I haven't watched many of them. I I have six or seven episodes I think I got into it, but... um, yeah, that's it's that good. that, really that good. that's that's coming. Like that idea of like switching sleeves, right? and upgrading your right, body right. is co- coming with all of this nanotechnology. And like you know, the more money you have, the more upgrades you can get. Yeah.
0: Yeah. The um. That show is centered around uh, quote unquote alien technology that they find, that allows them to do the consciousness transfer. Which, <clears throat> so uh, in your opinion, is consciousness local or non-local?
1: Um, local, like I believe that, like a, a soul attaches to a body. Um, in terms of the simulation, then we get a, things change a little bit. But sticking to an organic situation, um, you know, a soul is an internal thing that has memory beyond the capability of any one body to maintain, retain, obtain. (laughs) And uh, the incarnation process is a process of choosing experience that that soul wants to have in a particular body form, in a particular realm or on a particular planet, whichever terminology you prefer, and leaves out anything that's going to stop them from having that experience. So that's why people don't remember past lives very well. And if they do, it's kind of scattered or they don't at all. And some people do a lot and it it all depends on the experience. And the the way that that's all possible is because your soul is uh, kind of like its own little orb of energy that can expand and take shape and enter into all of these different realms. um, And then take. Another kind of portal jump, which is attaching itself to a physical body, uh, the process that goes on um, a little while after, you know, a, a, a baby is conceived in a, in a womb when the soul actually does attach. Um, that process is an alchemical process that's transmuting the, the not transmuting, um, readjusting or fitting the energy of the soul into a body form. And it does that by kind of coupling with what we call DNA, like uh, the DNA, the genetics of the body. Uh, if you remember the movie Avatar, when you saw their tails or their ponytails, sorry, the way that they would join like a bunch of like little tentacles and wrap around each other and then form that bond. That's more or less what's happening between your soul and the genetics. And that's why uh, a lot of the different properties that came into like soul transfer and astral travel, all of that stuff are employed the way that they are is because there's a a permanent bond or not a permanent bond but like a very let's say very difficult to break bond between your soul and the dna of the vehicle that you're playing in the realm with and that's what silver cord comes from like we're seeing we're seeing that attachment between the two it's almost like a a cord that um, expands as you're astral traveling uh, and then snaps you back when when needed and it, when it came to you know body swapping or anything like that, that was the biggest problem. Was that it was really really difficult to learn how to detangle yourself from the actual DNA of the body in order to leave the body on a on that kind of a permanent basis. And death experiences, the reason why death is has that traumatic experiences, is, is to break that bond. And uh, people, when they're having the, that experience, that usually would come back registered as like a fly going through a tunnel at a really high speed and there's a light at the end of the tunnel is that breaking of that bond. And um, that got hijacked within our community because of other things that we would take us onto a different topic altogether. But um, that, that uh, mechanism of how we are attaching to these bodies, is kind of where our consciousness is sitting at that time, but it's also existing everywhere, right? Because soul is again energy and everything's connected energetically at all these different levels. So just like I was talking, there's at least three different levels to our perceivable reality. There's three different levels to the bigger reality as well. And we're operating at all of them, all of the time. So it's almost like you can localize um, consciousness within each one of those realms. And within our realm, our consciousness is localized to that soul DNA connection.
2: I would like to explore the ideas of of bondage in this experience and within this experience uh, as as uh, are in context to the idea of the imitation of life the the fractals in which we find ourselves ever spiraling in and out of and and why i'm asking this and why i want to put this forth is if you could give ideas as to how does one know if they have and are awakening these deeper senses the psychic body etc to become aware of the cage around them are there cues in this Shane? do you see uh how do you see really what's going on for people out there struggling?
1: Well, it starts with you know following synchronicity. It's the easiest thing to look for. You know, um, if you don't know what synchronicity is, then you're probably way behind the game. I'm sure you know what synchronicity is if you're listening to this. Pay closer attention to everything. Not, I don't mean consume as much news as you can. Right, I mean pay closer attention to things maybe even narrow down the amount of data or stimulus you're getting so that you can learn to pay closer attention to things it's like looking at a uh, a flower on a, a day that's got like a very slight very occasional breeze you could get kind of lost staring at a flower that's just not moving for a long time and then all of a sudden a breeze hits it and it moves. And you probably won't even notice that because you're not actually paying attention, you're just staring at it. So that's kind of an analogy for what I mean. It's like actually pay attention to things. Question, make some notes, do things like that. And start bouncing ideas off of people around you. And pay attention to the feedback and do all of that without trying to decide exactly what it all is like trying to fit it into a nice little box just do it for data collection allow yourself to kind of flow through time life for you know 3 days or something like that like whatever the period of time works for you where you're just observing you're not trying to make sense of it and just pay attention And when you do snap your attention back, you're going to realize that all those senses just developed a little bit. So doing that for yourself on a regular basis, almost like a form of discipline, like you would going to the gym or something like that, is very important. And something I'm trying to emphasize the shit out of in anything that I say is that any of this stuff that you want to be able to achieve or you want to be able to do requires you to be disciplined. The reason why people in the Illuminati are so fucking good at this is because they're very disciplined individuals. They have rituals. They have routines. They follow schedules. They do what they need to do when they need to do it because they know that every little bit helps. And so practice meditating every day. Practice lucid dreaming every day. Practice paying attention every day. Practice being mindful every day. Practice all of these things as often as you can. And don't just rest on laurels and be like, "Oh well, I meditated for like three hours this week," but uh, or something like that. You know, I, we all make excuses for ourselves. That type of stuff we really can't do anymore. There's no time for it if we want to start being able to reel these in before they figure out a way to really put them to sleep on us.
2: That's a that's a big deal, and that's why I mentioned this idea of uh, for people to sink their teeth into the idea of war, which is really about uh, locking us down further energetically, and uh, and of course as we we project all that outward and then we see what we're seeing, uh, it's it's important information, the synchronicity chain is uh is has been likened to you know the god frequency and then it was interestingly put forth in the the matrix as a, a bad glitch as something it's on to you now that they the algorithms are on to you yeah and so where how do you how do you see that bit of seeding into the consciousness that we're all swimming in right now
1: well, that's just the big bigger part. Like it's the, what the major agenda overlapping of them just trying to discredit anything that's would lead us towards our own magic and our own creative abilities. Right? And, um, flat out lying to us about what deja vu means in a sense like that is ways yeah. that they do it. Right? So yeah. yeah,
2: it felt like trying to disarm us from a tool that we really have and and should be aware of and use.
1: That's well, what it's all about, right? Like that's what Lord of the Rings is. Why they they made it a movie? That one backfired on them, but still, like, um, <laughs> you know, that's that's why they take these things and they make movies out of them. And that's why they make movies out of them before they show them to us. Uh, it's it's that that's how predictive programming and programming in general, cultural creation, is working, is by you know the magician showing their hand and then performing the trick anyways. <laughs> it's pretty much what they do.
2: It is. It's absolutely all there. i, I I'm curious about this idea of I th- okay, the whole memory wipe thing, which you and I, we understand this, but when people start coming to for a lack of better word word or idea, there's this sense of and the stage of feeling unstable mentally. And questioning, you know, is this in my head? Am I am I having a psychotic break? Uh, when you start to see how thin this is all, uh, this this illusion fuckery around us, how thin it really is, and how pliable it is. Uh, it there's this idea there can be an idea that is often thrown back at people at this stage of awakening within self and rising within self that they're, they're going crazy, that that's crazy and it fights against laws of known physics. And then the whole materialistic thing, uh, comes into play. What are your thoughts on all of that?
1: Well, I mean, we have to be able to operate within this reality, right? Like we have to be able to feed these bodies. We have to be able to do the things that we need to do. So there's a certain level of being able to keep ourselves sane within that, you know, necessity that um, is required. So I often will tell people if they're having like, you know, memories start to come back, things like that. And I'll ask them the question of like, is it disrupting your life? Right. Um, Is life still good without these memories? Can you continue living without trying to recover them and focusing and dwelling on them? If you can, then do that. Right. You're okay. Just continue being okay. You don't need them. Right. If they're making you feel crazy and they're making you crazy, then yeah, you really need to start digging into them. And the tools to do that exist within any type of psychological practice, right? Like typical trauma regression works for that. doesn't, you know, um, Dianetics works for that. A lot of different things will work to help you do that. It's a matter of finding what works best for you. So again, uh, a good thing to do is to try and experiment with a bunch of different regression techniques and, and do that. Um, so wait, more, is, how, of, how
0: how different is Dianetics from Scientology? Oh,
1: very okay, very, <laughs> very. Because very. I don't want to get rid of my theads, you know. No, no. D- Dianetics. Dianetics. He did first, right? Like, right. Right. Um, right. He 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 created. He used Dianetics in his creation of Scientology, of course. But Dianetics, in and of itself, is works. It's actually a very easy way to explain things to people that they can employ on themselves. So it's. Uh, and that's kind of another you know throwing a baby out with the bathwater in terms of that guy too yes not not the greatest of men but he did do that one thing right um, so you know a big part of keeping yourself sane will be just not trying to wrap it up into a box allowing it to instead of you know trying to take it as as something so serious like a solid reality and and just take in the concepts and ideas and and don't wear them like a suit. Just kind of observe them again as, as possibilities. And while you're doing that, you're not getting as emotional, emotionally invested in it. And so as new stuff comes, it'll come more freely because you don't already have a very rigid view of the way things are. People will get, you know, Um, memories come back to them and they'll feel like they just got a a vision sometimes, right? Like, or a download, people will call it, or like some ascended master came to them in their dream and explained all this shit to them, right? Much like the way we interpret dreams, your mind can really only compute so much at a time, so it's just breaking things down to symbology. So a lot of the time when these memories start flooding back as well, they're coming back very dreamlike and very symbolic not factual right like not accurate and that needs to be remembered and you need to give it time you need to give it time to come back before you start committing your emotions and your beliefs and things to it um very similar to like learning about anything Right. Like uh, just because your buddy told you that, like, 9 11 was a, an inside job doesn't mean you just went, oh, 9 11 was an inside job. You looked into it. Right. So um, look into your own experiences and memories. If, you know, you sometimes, like, a memory will be attached to a place, go back to that place. Um, and in terms of like the rest of the world and and their interpretation of you like we have a big enough community now that you don't need to go talking to random strangers about this shit so don't put yourself in that position right find people in the community who have similar experiences and talk to them about it and then you don't have to feel crazy right it's true for in a lot of different ways. a lot of people you know feel crazy for a variety of different ways in life, and that's simply because they don't know anybody around them who has had a like experience and is willing to communicate it uh, but there's always someone somewhere so does that answer your question?
2: yeah it's something that uh, that I notice and I hear a lot from from people and and I myself have said at times when speaking to others, where, you know, it's just almost like a knee jerk reaction or statement saying this sounds crazy. And when I say it, I'm saying it is a connecting factor to someone who may be just starting to come to the idea that reality around them is not what they thought it was and so it can be a bridge however there are people in, and then you know i i create my world around me and and i find myself even now in one of the blessings of this uh more monastic experience everyone's finding themselves in with uh, more time separated from others, although I, the COVID thing hasn't changed my life in that way at all. I I, I do live a monastic life, non-religiously, is that I don't now suffer fools, where in the past I would allow people that came close into me and wanted to attach, much like, say, a parasite, uh, would and then influence me in some way and then bring me, try to bring me back out into the idea that these some of these ideas and stuff do not exist in the whole realm of materiality and i see that happening more and more and more recently like all of a sudden there was this too much water and this virgining funky fungus and not the friendly kind of debunking has happened and i i i feel like for people that are 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 awakening their psychic senses, their sense of inner knowing and inner being that this is a dangerous time. It's like when the baby turtles hatch and they have to get to the sea, you know, and there's all of the, the winged animals waiting to pick them off. It's feeding time. And so there's gauntlet that is a very dangerous thing that is a journey they each have to take and they have to make it. And so that's what I'm noticing. And that's why I wanted to get your opinion on and your wonderful words that you just presented here is I'm also trying to send out a beacon of hope to people that are going Whoa, well, this doesn't make sense and then they teeter back and forth well einstein said this and you know the makeup of reality and of legal ease and all this fuckery this web that is spun around us here uh that is that does exactly what it's supposed to do it's a consensus
0: created for us
2: yes so uh, you know, part of presenting information like this because I find that the energy finds people find what they need to find. and if they're finding us, then there's a reason why. And uh, and still, these kind of like debunkers, and then there's the others that are putting out absolute, nonsensical crap that gets people honed in and down these crazy rabbit holes that are, uh, death traps, uh, it's, it's tricky territory. And so the idea of, of trusting the process, you naturally have An autonomic system on a psychic level, and you know how to breathe, your body knows how to breathe. And once you allow that process to take place without thinking about it and allow these systems to work, there's a beautiful unfolding that happens. And it's okay to step away from ideas that once served you. And move forward and I that's what I'm saying here Shane I see a lot of fear happening
1: absolutely it's it's you know it's uh, people have been using the eye of the needle terminology Randy uh, Christine a few other friends of mine um, yeah love Randy. I called it like like an, like an hourglass <laughs> uh, yes like you know so you've got that middle point of the hourglass that's that's you know and and fear's not getting through that little thing where, like the grains of fear are too big to go through and that's just the way it is and so there's that separation that's going on and that's manifesting in all sorts of different ways it's like a all sorts of different weird relationships stuff going on with people like a lot of breakups but then a lot of like meeting people all of a sudden and uh, like stuff like that i've been hearing from all kinds of different people so it's uh it's all that it's the, the two frequencies are separating for right now until we can regain balance and that's what's happening and that, that it's going to manifest itself in a lot of different ways that are going to be really ugly and you're going to have to let go of people that you love dearly but it's just it's part of the process trust it um and trust yourself like the biggest thing that's been going on, and it's it's just as bad, and it's if not worse, in the spiritual and alternative community as it is in the mainstream world, is just trying to make you feel victimized and trying to show you that you're just a weak little piece of shit who has no power over anything. And um, it is that way. It's always been that way. And just deal with it. Like that's it's just not true. And that's the problem here. Like everybody's like looking for, you know, who's the bad guy? Who are we fighting? Well, you're the bad guy. You're fighting yourself. Win like it's it is that simple figure figure your shit out and it starts there you're going to know what to do once you figure your shit out so i like a lot of the time when it comes to like people who talk about how they've been through the stuff that i've been through i can tell 99% of the time whether they have or not just by who they are today are you an asshole then you probably didn't go through what i went through i'm sorry you probably didn't
2: because yeah, absolutely, you're
1: not, you're not going to come through all of that as an asshole. As people automatically think that you are, or you're traumatized. Of course, you're going to be a bit of a dick. No, <laughs> you're traumatized, but you have figured out how to, to heal it and deal with it and still act like a good person. So, uh, yeah, we know you, each re- other.
0: You reminded me of um, a conversation we had with Laird Scranton. Did you have you ever heard of him?
1: My name sounds somewhat familiar
0: but he's more into um historical stuff his his when we talked to him he talked about this idea that there's a i i visualized it as a seesaw maybe he said it i don't remember but there's a seesaw between the ages where things that are solid become um uh, etheric and vice versa and this seesaw just continually goes and and when you talked about the hourglass, I just had that image of the seesaw happening right there in the middle.
1: Yeah, it was a fulcrum point. Yeah. You know, it's exactly what we're going through. It's just, you know, it is what it is. It sucks in a lot of ways. It's beautiful in a lot of ways. And it it's necessary, ultimately. So, um, you know, it's not what happens to the being. It's what the being does once it happens to them. And we're, we're being tested through that. Um, I even like to use a song lyric of it's time to show your worth. You know, it's just, it's time to show that all the stuff you've been reading, all the stuff you've been learning, all that work you've been supposed to be doing. This is what it's for. This is what you've been training for. This is what you've been preparing for. This is actually what you wanted. Yeah. This is the revealing for real. Exactly. And now it's here. Disclosure. (laughs) Yeah however you yeah. want
2: to look at it this is the revelation this is the revolution this is now when we can see everyone for who they are and what they are exactly. and i'm i'm personally finding it very very fruitful and hoping that others around are as well and, and we all know that like feeding eating sugar feeds candida fear what you eat and all of this ultimately shows it all shows. And now for those to see, they
1: can see. Exactly. It's uh, we all knew it was coming. It just, I think it kind of just hit us all a little bit unexpectedly and uh, yeah, now, now, all of everything we've been talking about for all this time, it's, it's, it is right now and we'll, how we move forward through it is, is us defining history. It's us making our mark as a species. And it's also a big part of what we're doing as individuals for our own soul journey. So, um, you know, it, all of that, you know, it's love and fear. It's, it's, it is that simple, uh, and. So if it's it's making you feel that fear, then you need to get away from it. You need to go towards something that doesn't because you don't want to get stuck on the other side of that hourglass By because you got hung up on the detail about something that you didn't really need to get hung up on, you know. Um, forgiveness and accepting things as they are is what love does, right? And, and understanding that sometimes you're just not going to be able to figure this out right now and so you need to let it go is what love does so if you're gonna fight against that you're gonna have a bad time okay it's just that simple
2: i have so this is kind of a a left hand turn and as a as a Sister artist in the world and I think most people that are sold uh, with a soul or sentient that this is just terminology I enjoy uh, are there they're creative we're creative we're creative and I think that's one of the ways to actually look out into the realm and see what's not natural I guess or with out of soul. That's the difference, the AI mimics. So I wanted to talk about your creative side and your creative life as an artist and creator in the world. How are you informed by all of this? How does the muse energy, that soul energy, uh, how do you tap into it? How does it move around you? How are you inspired? That, all that juiciness.
1: Oh goodness. Uh, (laughs) I, I I don't know. It's uh, a difficult, weird time for me to try and talk about this just because I, I haven't, I haven't really been doing it. Like I, I sing all the time. I play guitar and stuff, but I don't, like I haven't been writing music for a long time. I haven't, I've been kind of writing a couple books. Um, I haven't even been doing the blog for like I wrote the blog a long time I've been in this weird transition thing where a lot of like things that I'm not used to feeling I'm starting to feel a lot and having to adjust to them. this just personally so artistically I've been it's not even really a block it's almost like uh, a a a crystallist or I'm, i'm in a cocoon right now and and getting ready to figure out a way to do that um the only way i've been able to consistently maintain some type of expression that way has been through doing things like this and doing the podcasts and um sharing with people in that way but i have been kind of personally in a Yeah, I don't know. Again, I think once I pass through the hourglass, on the other side will be when a a lot of that actual desire to create something new will come. Right now, I'm kind of focusing on um, nurturing energy towards things that are already in front of me, Um, honing skills. um, As these are talking about relationships, as like those exit it gives a lot more time and energy towards the ones that stay and um, making sure that i nourish them more and give them more energy, things like that. Um, I've been singing a lot more than I would normally just in terms of like straight practice or like trying to get better, if you will, Um, almost like a a growing uh, process. So that's kind of, how i feel and i I was talking to a a bandmate actually two days ago i guess Uh, and he was saying sort of the same thing that he just he kind of feels like he's been an artist that's been a cocoon or a, a caterpillar for a really long time that's in their cocoon to become the artist that is a butterfly right now and so i think that's uh yeah my answer for that question
2: I find this is very interesting, Shane, because I was just talking to my friend JJ today and uh, I, I, who's another artist in the world, fantastic jeweler. Uh, and I have, I have a ton of stuff in the works. I have, de- I have a couple deadlines and I haven't been able to sit down and get anything done. And it's, it's not, you know, I recognize it as I'm processing and and that when when that processing happens, I'll, I'll, I'll blossom and something new is going to come, of course. But it, it's interesting. I'm hearing more, and J.J. was saying the same thing, more artists I know that are, are working in their lives as artists on a pause right now. And I'm only mentioning this because it does seem to be overlapping with other people's data. But my greater point is that we, people that are actually really creative, and I don't care if it is how you're decorating your house or how you ornament yourself or how you cook, that creative soul, that creative energy uh, how you may walk around, how you garden, how you process in, information is one of those factors that allows me to tap into others in in this experience and know that they are, and I use this term very, very, very loosely, humans, you know, others like me, I suppose. And, uh, but yeah, you just brought in that added side that there's a lot of pause going on with creators right now. And, and my, my go-to has definitely been having great conversations and trying to further process what is actually going on around us because we're all bringing in more information. And the more we talk about these things and the more we interconnect, even though we're being told to separate uh, we are birthing in, or pushing the cowl between us and this new idea of uh, reality into being. We're we're being born into something new.
1: Yeah, um, I think it, we've everything we've been talking about has been talking about that in various ways, and. Um, <sighs> Yeah, it's it's almost like we don't have a choice. So um the the best thing to do is control it. And that's why like I answered the question about paying with paying attention earlier is cause you know now now's the time to be focused on the good shit. Like now's the time to be I know that like all this bad stuff is coming to but we already know all of that. It's the rest of the world that's just figuring this out. Right. We already know all of this. They're figuring this out now. Let them figure this out now. We need to hold space for them. And we can do that by employing everything we learned through learning all of that stuff while they were asleep, to use that terminology, which I don't like. You know, it's, okay. it's a, we can, we can create that energy to help in whatever way we can. And that'll also help us. Like as individuals stay same, right? So.
2: Yes, I'm wondering how. How are your empathic skills? You know when. So for me, I had it was a it was quite a lesson in life to realize. It, you know, it, it's a psychological process too to separate yourself from the collective and all of that, which is the magic circle. And this is not, this is me, this is not me. And to understand that energetically, emotionally. And so when I wake up, like yesterday, I woke up and it just, everything felt the day outside was glorious. One of the first sunny days out here in the Pacific Northwest that was just, It was just an amazing day, and yet it felt really dark and uh, wet blanket-like, heavy, and I had to realize, you know, just upon waking, I realized it was, I'm not in this mood, I'm perceiving this mood. And uh, so that's my example here. How in tune with the collective are you in those ways? And was it a process for you to start to, where were you able to say, this is me and this is not me? Was that a process for you? Was it something you were always just adept at?
1: Yeah, like nothing. And I've been living this my whole life, right? Okay. My conscious memories of Shane's life start when he was around four and it starts with this life. So I, I don't know. I didn't know any different. It, uh, it was the opposite of, you know, most of the people who would be listening to this in terms of learning this. I was taught backwards. Um, even just understanding what the lie that the general public was, was actually something they would have to teach me before they would send me home at the end of each summer. Because they didn't want me talking about things, they had to explain to me the things that I was going to encounter over the next year of my public school thing, so that I didn't go, "Wait a second, no, that's wrong," and then explain to them why it was wrong. So it was like reverse learning from the way most people go through things. So I've always had those things nurtured. I just did a my own live stream on this called "All the Good Things" because I wanted to kind of bring that up that you know people who've been through what I been through we were given these tools at when we were kids right and yes it came at a price but we were still given them and because we have them we should feel responsible for using them well and teaching other people how to use them and how to use them well so uh answer your question it's not it's i i have to turn it off a lot of the time it's not like something that i have to figure out And so I I have a hard time teaching people how to find it on their own. I just know what the steps basically should be in order to get there, which is, you know, allowing yourself, like paying attention to things, letting yourself feel things is important too. Um, For the men out there listening to this, let yourself cry. Like I stopped myself from crying at least once a day in public just to like not have people ask me questions but like let yourself feel that like men especially don't like to feel that a lot of people don't like to feel that but let yourself feel that especially now um good good emotions and bad emotions let yourself feel them let yourself kind of purge them and let them out because um there's there's no fitting them through the eye of the needle there's no fitting them through the hourglass right now if if they're not looked after so um in terms of developing this right now for people that's the biggest thing is to like actually you know pay attention to the people the things the simplest aspects of your reality right now don't get caught up too much in the multi-dimensionality of it start small and then let it grow from there and your these abilities as they're coming online will grow along with that awareness and trust the shit out of yourself because you're powerful beyond anything you could possibly imagine.
2: Yeah, this is absolutely wonderful. I um I I, I tend to like to wrap on those kinds of notes to leave people that are in that are struggling and have their hands out, you know. And so I don't know if there are any questions in the chat. Uh, Jerry's usually watching
0: that. Jerry? Yes. What was the question?
2: Questions in the chat?
0: Yes. Yes. Do you support Gnosticism, and what's your interpretation of it?
1: Shane. Um, I support people looking into whatever they want to look into, and just taking concepts and ideas from it instead of creating belief systems out of it. Um, I don't know a lot about that to be honest it's not something that interested me enough and seemed important enough for me to to really learn much about other than you know basically what it means and what gnosis is and then that's that basis of it all is obviously very true um in terms of the details and the in and outs of what it all means I, I don't know because I didn't bother to study it myself. So. um I I still Hmm. encourage, like, you know, even, even with Scientology, like, why not look into that? Why not understand how it works? Why not get why people follow it? Like, try to understand the psychology of why people follow it, like, feel like that about everything people are scared of stuff that, like oh that's bad freud was a fucking maniac we can't study freudian psychology because that dude was an asshole mm-hmm. well it it's in play in like the majority of your world you should understand it you should know what it is and gnosticism the same way because it's one of many forms of theology on this planet that influences people and um influences cults and stuff too so I think that answers that question. Good point.
0: Yeah, totally. I got one more and we'll let you go. So, uh, Oswald wanted to know if you weren't ruining the Illuminati, what would you be doing? (laughs)
1: Uh, in the context of if I hadn't, hadn't, hadn't ever been part of it or in the context of if they had had their way with me, I think probably the same thing. Um, I, I don't know. Sometimes I look at that. I, I had a really strong thing towards water when I was little and wanting to be a marine biologist that got totally ruined because of stuff they put me through. And uh, and so therefore I think that if I didn't get put through the things that they put me through that I probably wouldn't have had that problem with water that I do now. And I probably would have pursued that, that because I, I love Studying wildlife, anyways, and I love studying nature, anyways. And if for whatever reason the ocean, um, you know, that's 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 our outer space, and um, yeah. it's 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 fucking fascinating. And there's a lot more things in there than we ever get told about. So um, yeah, jaws really water done that. for me. <laughs> uh, I, I I was big into martial arts as a kid, so I I think if if I hadn't, because of the way that things with that life coincided with my age, um, if I hadn't have had those things, I could have probably continued training and might have ended up like trying to fight professionally because I really enjoyed doing that, but um, enjoyed past tense. Um, but yeah, that, was, that, that's, that would be it. And if they had have had their way with me, I'm not quite sure. I think that I would probably never have been known to the public. I probably would have disappeared from the public eye somewhere around the age of 26 and never been heard from again. Um, and been doing something that I can't talk about behind the scenes. Uh, the other option that I know, and it's definitely where they were going when I was young was to use my natural talents for say acting or um, speaking, singing, performing uh, to, you know, like they do with other people who have those talents. So that answers both ways.
0: Great. Thank you. One last question. Also from Oswald. He wants to know what's your opinion of Wilhelm, the work of Wilhelm Reich.
1: There's a lot of good in there for sure. (laughs) You gotta look, you gotta, you gotta look into that. There's like so much of it that's influenced so many different things. It's, um, yeah. I think that's, it's, it's a valuable, that's, that's be the best way to put it. valuable good. information for people to take them. All
0: right.
2: Well, it's been a great pleasure, yes, Shane. Thank, thank, you thank you so you much for spending this time with us and uh, allowing us to, to fractal all this information out to those that are able to hear it and receive
1: it. No problem. Uh, Nice meeting you, and good to see you again, Jay.
0: Good to see you too again, Shane. Thank you so much, and thanks everyone for listening. Tune in next week when we'll have a a guest, I think. I'm not sure. (laughs) I haven't booked one yet, so we'll see what happens next week. But in the meantime, we will see you for sure in two weeks with David Whitehead, the Truth Warrior. That should be a good show, on another obelisk. So everyone
1: take care, have a good evening, and stay safe.